what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Leadership GPS, insightful conversations about leadership and what it takes to be successful in today's rapidly changing organizations. Hello and welcome to Leadership GPS. This is The Mesh's ongoing show talking about the world of leadership, both for those people that are already in leadership positions or people looking to grow into leadership positions in the future. Uh, I'm Alan Jackson. With me is Tony Jackson. We're the father-son duo with the Jackson Group, a consulting and survey firm located in North Carolina. Uh, and then Tony's also with Drive Leadership, leadership development program and, and process for, uh, for a lot of organizations that he works with as well. How you doing, Dad? I'm good, son. How you doing, Alan? Doing, doing great. No, I'm glad doing. to distinguish which one is which. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. i got to go ahead and make sure everybody can clear. I know we get told a lot that our voices are very similar. Mine is the younger, more crisper, robust, and crisper tone, and yours is, well, richer, yours, yours more is, meaningful, and deeper thoughts. Yours is the other one. Sorry. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, glad to have you here today. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about meetings. Yeah. And oh, uh, let me just kind of, I know, yeah. I, everybody rolls their eyes when we start talking about meetings, team meetings, department meetings, staff meetings, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk about meetings. We're going to talk about, from a leadership perspective, what we need to keep in mind, some of the do's and don'ts, some Mm -hmm. of the effective measures of leading well when people meet together. But before we do that, let me introduce, or not introduce, but remind you what our sponsor is for this month. Uh, We do have a sponsor for our show. We're very thankful and grateful for their support. Uh, Pinecrest Independent Living Community here in Hickory, North Carolina. Uh, just a wonderful facility, all the comforts of home for their residents. We've had some opportunities to go out there and visit and, and tour this place. Great facility, great amenities. They use the slogan, you know, live the life you deserve. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that it is such an indep- independent facility with live-in managers, but they have really afforded their residents a lot of, of, of just – a lot of great uh, amenities and things that they can take part in that make the place stand out from others. I've been there as well, Alan. That's a great place. I tell you, you know, and I hate to say that I'm of that age, but I am, you know, getting on up there, as you you, you so rarely tell people. But <laughs> the thing is that you start looking at places like that and saying, how do, would I want to spend those years of my life where I still want independence mm-hmm. and I will still want freedom of choice, sure. but yet I want a sure environment? There you go. And you know what? This is a classy place. Those people do it right. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. I walked in there and people were smiling. The residents were smiling. A lot of interaction, and yet rooms were great, and the apartments were phenomenal, and everything was up style, up, up, up class. It really was great. Well, Pinecrest Independent Living Community, definitely check them out online. There'll be a commercial a little bit later in the show you can listen to as well. Live the life you deserve at Pinecrest. So, but Dad, back to our, our main topic, and we are talking about meeting, leading well when people meet. Yeah, meetings are just we all meet. You know, even the organizations that say they don't like to have meetings still have meetings. Which is every organization. Exactly. Every organization says we try to minimize our meetings, we're going to be more efficient with our communications, and they still end up meeting on a routine basis. What's the Listerine syndrome? You know that, right? Oh, how's that? You hate it, but you use it twice a day. Okay, sure. You know, we we hate something, but we use it, and we do it. And you're right. Every organization meets, and yet every organization says, I wish you didn't have to, or so many meetings, or complaining about meetings. So, You know, some of the employee satisfaction surveys we do, and, and some healthcare organizations where we survey... Uh, one in particular, we just started asking a question of which of the following is the most effective mm-hmm. means of communication mm-hmm. throughout the organization. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people I talked to in the office or other people when we were planning the survey said, oh, I'm sure email is going to be at the top. Now, email was pretty high on the list mm-hmm. for most people. But meetings and face-to-face communications always popped in in those right. top two. That's so right. it's one of those things where, yes, you may say that you wish you didn't have as many meetings. But at the end of the day, what's a good, effective way to get information across? Yeah. It's a meeting. Well, let's face it, and I'll be honest with you, I did a, I facilitated a focus group last night at a local university, all right? And it's part of their strategic planning process. And one of the things in this community focus group was trying to get ideas about what do we see for this, well, Lenoir University, great school, Mm -hmm. for the future. And people were bringing up, so what about distant learning? What about detached learning? You know, people out there that don't show up on campus and all that sort of stuff, aren't you going into that? Aren't you going to do more of that? And you know what? There's still a mixed bag on that. Mm-hmm. And the main driver why there's some reluctance to do that in any organization is because you lose that face-to-face, eye-to-eye contact and interactive contact, even though sure. people say, oh, you can do that online as well. Uh, so you can't tricky. read a face, you know. Not as line. easily. Yeah. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Well, Staff can be very critical of the meetings. We still have them. They're still very effective and a useful way of communication. But I guarantee most of the staff that roll their eyes and think negatively about staff meetings are because they're thinking about those meetings that they've been in 
where the person running the meeting, the leader up there, either didn't know what they were doing, mm-hmm. did not know how to keep everybody's attention, did not communicate effectively. Those are the ones that have probably left that bad taste yeah. in those employees' yeah. uh, mouths as far as yeah. meetings go. So what we want to do, or at least what I want to do today, and I know I'm kind of going to spring this on you a little bit. I yeah, told I you ahead of time. I appreciate that very much. I know. Yeah. I told you no prep on this. I've got some things to, to, to run by you. I'm going to talk about some different aspects of meetings, either some different particulars or different do's or don'ts or items that should a leader do this or what should a leader do in this situation? And I just want you to respond. Tell me what you think about the do's and the don'ts side of things uh, from the logistics standpoint, how this works. And uh, let's see where we go with this. Hopefully we can share some good information for those of you that are needing to plan or run a meeting. And it's something where you're going to be talking to your team or group, sharing some piece of information. What are some of the logistics around that to make that just as possibly effective as possible? Okay, I'm, I'm game for this, but just understand, you know, you do too much of this, Alan, springing things on me at 65 year old. I'm going to be over there at Pinecrest before you know <laughs> it, okay? Looking for a safe haven. <laughs> Well, <laughs> just gotta try we to like predictability. We don't no, like I try to just keep you on your toes here. Okay. So we'll see where we go with this. All right. All right. So first off, I am, a, I am a leader in an organization. I'm a manager, a team leader, whatever it may be. And I'm getting ready to set up a meeting. Like a regular staff meeting? Let's assume that. Can we assume that? For yeah, a let's make this a regular That's staff meeting. That's the most common. How about let's do this? Let's say Monthly you're a brand meeting. new leader in a department and you're getting ready to set up how the department staff meetings are going to run on a regular basis. Okay. All, All right. right? All right. First thing, and this this may seem kind of a minor point, but you got any suggestions on if I'm trying to figure out when in the course of the day, time of the day, do you think is the most effective for people to have meetings? And that would be a zero time frame. Okay. Right? There's hardly ever a great time. All right. And it, but it, the the contention there is that based on what is the nature of the work of the department. Mm-hmm. If it's in a hospital and you're caring for patients and changing shifts at 7 o'clock, you don't want to have a total staff meeting at 7.30. You're taking care of patients at that point in time, mm-hmm. shift changing and everything else. So you're looking at later in the morning. Mm-hmm. All right. Plus you got the whole element of do you have multi-shift operations. Mm-hmm. So what's the best time? I've always said take the meetings to the people at the okay. most convenient time for most of the people. It's never going to be perfect. Okay. But what if I'm more of a, as the guy setting up the meeting, I'm more of a late afternoon guy. I like my four o'clock meetings, four to five is the last thing of the day I can get it out of the way. I mean, why not? Then I think how they come across will be exactly that. Mm-hmm. He, he wants to get this over with and out of here. Okay. All right? It's a convenience. That shouldn't be. The workload should be the one that dictates whether or not um, the timing of the meeting fits or not, okay? And so, where have people spend their time. So what you're telling me but, is a, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, but again, remember there's a, and a lot of workplaces uh, these days, you got a lot of flexibility, how, how people arrange their time and their work schedules and everything else. Mm-hmm. So what you really want to do is simply say, look, we're going to start having this staff meeting, total staff meeting at such and such time for so length of time mm-hmm. on these days every month, okay? Right? So you set some predictability. Sure. It's more important to say there's predictability rather than uh, the ideal time. Mm -hmm. Because people can work their schedules around that. Sure. All right. In our company, you know what we do. We Mm -hmm. have every Monday morning a Mm -hmm. meeting. And you made some wonderful changes in that meeting structure I'm sure we'll touch on later on. But whether you hold people in a standing up, stand up meeting, uh, focus meeting, briefing meeting for 15 minutes and out of there, or whether Mm -hmm. it's a two hour sit down meeting, get into it, let's discuss it type of thing. Right. Dictates how long that meeting would be. But, but what people need to know is we value meeting and that will take place once a month on this schedule. Sure. Okay. Do you recommend when trying to find that ideal time or day of the week, do you put it out in a group uh, conversation and say, everybody, I want to hear feedback on what do you think the best time or date would be? If you're that new man, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. You start. Or do you just say you research and find out based on work schedules and all that, what's going to be the best time and just set the time and make everybody work around that? No, I think it's always better to get participation on something, but re- understand that you're talking probably a majority vote here rather yeah. than everybody being happy with the meeting time. Okay. Uh, so find the time that's maybe the best fit for the most people, realizing some people are going to need to right. work around their schedule and change it that's up. Right. But you're trying to meet the most people at okay. the middle ground there. Here's, and we haven't talked about this, but there's one thing I was kind of compelled to say at this time. If you're yeah. setting up a regularly scheduled meeting every month, it's announced, decided upon by group input as well, mm-hmm. the best you can. Know full well that you're never going to have full participation, probably. Sure. You got people traveling on the road. You got people who are absent and ill. You got people who are late coming in for whatever reasons, whose work schedules don't match, whatever. So you always have to build in a well-known, anticipated, planful way to close the gap for those people who aren't there. 
because okay. it's always going to be the case. Sure. And I guarantee you, so those people who aren't attending those meetings who will simply say, I never got the word. Mm-hmm. When did we do that? Mm-hmm. So unless we backfill that information gap for them through a structured way, and that might be assigning it to somebody in the meeting, say, would you get with Alan and bring him up to date on this? Or here mm-hmm. are some talking notes that you cover yeah, sure. and say, get that in the hands of the person. So make sure it's closing the, the loop, those people that don't attend. That's right. It, and there again, it's not penalizing the people that don't attend. If they're not attending because of work-related things that they're sure. tackling, there's projects that they're sure. you know, on call for or working towards or whatever it may be. Yep. You know, let's not penalize them by saying, well, I'm sorry if you weren't there, you're kind of out yep. of the loop. With that guilt trip of, well, sorry, you need to make it to the meetings. It's understanding as long as they're not away for personal reasons yeah. or yeah. completely unrelated reasons. Or just choosing not to be there. That's right. Then it make it a little little more important for them to follow up on their own and find out what happened. Well, in and just about too. every one of our employee surveys that we conduct through the Jackson Group and Drive Leadership, we ask people, does your department have regularly scheduled staff meetings? Mm-hmm. Yes, no, or unsure. Yep. We feel really good when everybody says, yes, we do. Sure. And then if, we, if that's the answer, then we drill down and say, well, how productive are these meetings for positive communications? Mm-hmm. And we staircase down and try to discern if they are or aren't and reasons for that you know, in either direction. What amazes me all the time, first of all, and what depresses me, are departments that says, no, we don't. Yeah, sure. And you know what? Those are the same departments that have low scores on every other element of te- that we're testing out in the workplace. Absolutely. Because they're driven by communications or the gaps in it. Mm-hmm. What's amazing to me, though, <laughs> is how many times we have people say, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I don't sure. know whether we do or not. I'm unsure if we have department staff That's exactly right, wow. on a regular schedule basis. And what that means is either there's no certainty about it or there's no required attendance, so they don't know what they're missing. Yep. You know, you don't know what you don't know. Sure. It's amazing to me. Yeah, And yet really we is. miss a wonderful opportunity to, to get people the word. We know that communication is critically important in the workplace. Hmm. We know that's the biggest bugaboo and sticks in people's crawl about being dissatisfied with nobody tells me anything. I don't know. I just work here. Yep. You're not engaging people if you're not communicating with them. All right. So setting the time of the meeting, there's no perfect time for it, obviously. It's going to vary from organization to organization sure. and type of department or type of work group to, to others. But working with your team, find the best time that's going to get the best participation, the most agreement on it without you know being able to please everybody, we understand. And then making sure we're closing the loop on those people who are not able to attend the meetings for whatever reason. Absolutely. So everybody still gets the same message, even if they don't hit the 9 a.m. Monday morning right. meeting. So. And again, it's based on the nature of the work being done. Mm-hmm. You and I have a friend, close friend, uh, Major Scott Coffey, who's in the service, has been almost 20 years now. And Scott, Scott's a major, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, by golly, he's going to hold meetings when he says there's going to be a meeting. Sure. But they're military folks. They're going to show up. Yep. Because that's a protocol. Okay. Right. And, you know, and when you get in there, I would guarantee they're probably not open discussion meetings. Like, mm. gentlemen, we're deploying overseas, going to war. Let's mm. see a show of hands in favor. <laughs> Is everybody okay with that? <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> so I'm sure we'll get into the tone of the meeting and how that's done in, in terms of in a few minutes. Let's but, brainstorm <laughs> when the best time might be to do this. Right. <laughs> so it's one of those things where Scott has a luxury a lot of people don't have. Says, gentlemen, we have a meeting scheduled for 0800 at such and such. Sure. You know, show up. And they know they'll be there. Right. We don't. Not everybody has that luxury. Yeah, we can't pull that off in a lot of other organizations. That's right. So your best, so. the best you can do is to set it routinely, regularly, make excuses, and and fully communicate when it's not going to occur. Mm-hmm. Close the gaps with those who can't attend for legitimate reasons, but hold people accountable for ten because communication is so important. All right. Well, tying off of the whole communication, mm-hmm. especially even with closing the loops, this is kind of related to that. Providing an agenda ahead of time to the meeting. Yes or no. Yes or no. Is it. Best to do is yes or no. Is it practical to do? What, or, or is it a it depends situation? So if you're there again, let's put yourself in the shoes of I'm a, I'm a leader uh, just brought onto a new organization. I've got a team now and I'm trying to set up a protocol and a process for how we're going to do our meetings. Mm-hmm. Do I need to be informing that team ahead of time before they get into the meeting exactly what we're going to be talking about and all the items? Or do I need them to be coming in with a with an open mind on things. Now, either of those can sound inviting, right? Sure. Open mind or thinking or more structured things, right? and getting prepped. But think about it, it this way. Yeah. You know, what you want is productivity out of meetings, right. okay? And if the first 10 minutes of a meeting is spent bringing people up to speed, announcing yeah. to them what we're going to be talking about and so on and so mm-hmm. forth, and then getting their minds geared up to contribute and mm-hmm. all that, you've lost 10 minutes sure. of productive time. So. I am totally in favor of pre-scripting, not pre-scripting, excuse me, but pre-ordaining the topic for the meeting and inviting people to think about that, okay. coming ready to discuss or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we're going to find out in a few minutes that there's, there's meetings that 
you do nothing but downward communications. Mm-hmm. Announce, direct, clarify, sure. ask for a response, and that get out of there. That type of, that's fine. But if you're wanting people to come in prepared to discuss, contribute, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and pay attention and manage your attention, I would send them an email in advance of the meeting and simply saying at our regularly scheduled meeting at such and such time, repeat it because a lot of people forget things. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the three topics that we're going to focus on. And what you need is some background information is this, this, and this. Okay. Now, the problem with doing that is it takes time for the leader to do that in advance. Sure. Plus a good memory to remember to do that, not mm-hmm. just five minutes before people walk in the room. Right. right. You didn't get the memo? I mm-hmm. sent it five minutes ago. <laughs> so if there's going to be the need to communicate in advance, which I think there is, all it is is an honorable way of simply saying, I want you to be as prepared for this meeting as you possibly can sure. so we won't waste each other's time. Well, I think you hit on a good example there where, where there's things that is helpful for them to know and realize before coming in the meeting so mm-hmm. it saves time mm-hmm. from having to give all the background. I think sure. I think a kind of a agenda or at least bulleted items, what's going to be discussed in the meeting is really good. Where I could see there being a concern is if you really want them to come in with an open mind and fresh-minded about a topic – Instead of going ahead and giving them three, four days to start prepping all their notes and thoughts and all this other information, there's good and bad with both of that. Sometimes mm-hmm. you want them to come in with the idea. Sometimes you don't want them to come in having already written out pages and pages sure. of all the notes they're going to make sure, sure they say in that meeting. Sure. Uh, so with that. Well, let me t- I, I do that even on a consulting basis uh, with individual leaders. You know, mm-hmm. I do a lot of leader, individual leadership consultations. And I take notes after each meeting, never during the meeting, but I summarize my thoughts, my impressions, my, what I've heard that person say afterwards. Before my next meeting with them, which might be two weeks or three weeks or four weeks down the road, I send that person a personal email saying, thanks for our last time together. Here's what we talked about then. Here mm-hmm. were some decisions made. Here's what we're gonna, where we're going to pick up this coming meeting. It's this time and place acceptable to you and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. All right? Why? Because there's a lot of other clutter in people's minds all the time in their jobs. And to isolate and help them focus on something is a real advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's creating some um, managing of attention of people. Mm-hmm. You know? And if you can do that in advance of a meeting, you save time in the meeting. Okay. So let's say I've got an example where I decide, you know what, I, it's important for me to send out a kind of an agenda for the meeting before we meet. I'm kind send, of an agenda? Yeah. Uh, an agenda a few days in advance, make sure people know what we're going to talk about. So agenda item number one is introduction. That's going to be from 12 to 12.03. Then from 12.03 to 12.08, I'm going to recap the objectives of the meeting uh, and also have all those times listed out. Okay, you, you can stop now because okay. this is painful. <laughs> this is painful here. Okay. All right. Tell me why not I, to do that. I know of a CEO in a hospital environment mm-hmm. that uh, we worked with one time that he was probably a very efficient, very time-honored administrator, but he was so structured in his meetings mm-hmm. that he did the same thing. He, he didn't send out an announcement in advance, but everybody knew when he calls on you to contribute from your department's activity, you got three minutes. Mm. And if you went over three minutes by two seconds, he cut you off in mid-sentence. Wow. Thank you, Alan. Sit down. Next, you know, you got three minutes. Ooh. Now, that's a, that's a, that promotes paranoia. Oh, yeah. That promotes fear. That promotes tenseness in the meetings. You know, don't know what's okay to say and not to say. So too rigid, an agenda like that is for the birds. Okay? Okay. So what you do is a topical content. Right. Or agenda. Here's the three things we're going to discuss. Boom. Now, on that same note, though. Okay. So let's say we've got those three topic items. Okay, but I'm right. Just as we go forward. You're, you're mostly right. <laughs> uh, 60 minute meeting, three topic areas. You know, so in your head, you may be thinking, well, we'll probably spend 15, 20 minutes on each topic or so. Okay. It gets to be 15, 20 minutes. You're still knee deep in topic one because everybody's channeling in questions and ideas and thoughts. Okay. And it's going way past what okay. you already know in your head. Boy, if I'm going to get to those two other topics, there's no way I can do it. All right. Here's where you shine as a leader. Okay. You know, if you've committed and that's one of the things we didn't say but meetings should be committed to a certain time frame Mm -hmm. this is a one-hour meeting folks every time we meet it's one hour meeting okay not to say that 59 uh, minutes and 59 seconds i'm going to cut everything off in midstream sure but we we plan for that Mm -hmm. it's kind of like sitting through a sermon at church those people go you know still go to church how long is a sermon supposed to last alan 15 minutes? 15 to 20. Sure, 15, that's, 20 that's, minutes we're Lutheran, so yeah, yeah. that's pretty right. If yeah. Baptist may Sometimes be they get by with 8 to 12, where, but uh, it just depends. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> well, the fact is, I guarantee you, that, that what happens in meetings, everybody knows kind of what's the expected time that we usually meet without being told this is a one-hour meeting or whatever, or we've got up to one hour if we need it. People start, in their mind, their body starts telling them, okay, this is going on too long, and they start mm. tuning out, yeah. okay? So they're going to be just as in tuned in to the fact that, hey, we've only talked about one of these three things and we're almost at the end of our meeting time. Mm-hmm. 
and they should not expect you just to to, to do the evergreen meeting, which it goes it goes on and on and on. Sure, right, right. yeah. But the, the good leader in you is going to be monitoring that group and that discussion, which you don't want to cut off because it's a good discussion at that point on one topic out of the three. That's when you have to say, folks, you know what? This is great. Mm-hmm. This is a good meeting. We really done justice to this one topic. And we announced that we would be talking about two others. We can't today. Mm-hmm. Not in honor of our commitments to you about time on the job. So we're going to defer these other two to the next meeting. Okay. Boom. There you so go. There you go. You've, you've let them know that you're cognizant sure. of the time. You're not sure. just uh, letting things slip out of control. Absolutely. But you're also showing that if people are willing to talk about a topic and have a lot of things to say about sure. it, you don't want to discourage that. Sure. Fair enough. And I understand what you're saying. Again, I'll go back to my facilitation of that, that focus group last night. We had an hour and a half. We had a 90-minute window of time that we mm-hmm. could accomplish this in. Very small group to work with. And I thought going into it, I said, this would be a breeze. I'll knock this out in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We took an hour and a half. But what I tried to do at about with 20 minutes left to go in that hour and a half, Mm -hmm. and I was monitoring the clock, I started preparing people to wind down. Mm -hmm. And I would say things like, this has been great discussions. We've talked about two of these three things we were going to talk about. We've got one more. We do need to give a little bit of service, lip service to. Sure. Because my commitment is to you to be out of here by 830 tonight. Right. And you know what? By golly, we got out of there at 830 on time, which they appreciated. And yet we had touched on at least the things that we said we're going to do. Okay. So that's good. the other side of it. You monitor as you go through and not rigidly say, okay, 20 minutes are over and now we jump to topics. But monitor as you go along. So it, it's having a structure in mind is a good thing. Having some gener- general lay of the land when it comes to the meeting, what yep. you're wanting to get accomplished. But being flexible enough to realize that if something requires more attention and time with the discussion, knowing what items on your agenda sure. you could sure. push off and move sure. to another meeting Absolutely. and be okay with. Yeah, you defer so it. So you're, yeah. you're being flexible. You're defer kind it of or going redirect it. it. Absolutely. But at the same time, it's not letting anybody in the meeting think, well, he's completely lost control. Yeah. We've been talking for an hour and we haven't even got to items two and three. Yep. You still need to keep everybody understanding what you're going to do with items two and three. Let me tell you a creative thing to do. And this okay. is an ad hoc and it's, and it's um, a strategy for mm-hmm. employee engagement and employee involvement. Remember, right. these are employees, not managers or supervisors in your meetings for the most part. Okay. Okay. That's it's a supervisor meeting. Suppose that you had three topics, you did justice and good justice to two of the three and you got one more that really what I want to talk about, but you're not going to go over your time limit with the people and Mm -hmm. honor their time and everything else. Plus you don't want to lose them because their mind will start clicking off. Sure. Okay. Right. That 61st minute, if it's Mm -hmm. an hour meeting. So what you do you could creatively, if that third topic area, say, you know, folks, we haven't gotten to this third area, which I think is critical. So we're going to make that the first discussion issue of next time that we meet together, which would be one month from this and that date would be such and such. Sure. For another one hour meeting. But you know what? In advance, Susie, Tom, George, why don't the three of you get your heads together and talk about this third topic area as okay. though you were in a meeting, take some notes, and then we'll send it out a week in advance of our meeting together so that everybody comes in with a head start on that topic. So it's, it's really maximizing your time during the next meeting on that topic. But uh, it's also bringing three people into a stronger level of engagement in the sure. workplace because they're Great. the ones saying that we're kind of speaking for everybody. Okay. You know, here's a starting point. It gives them a meaningful part to play. Like it's creative. That. It's not a hot topic thing. It's smart, I think. But it's rarely done. Yeah, sure. Most yeah. of the time, it's pretty much the person up front going yeah. through the oh, list, absolutely. getting stuff. And then after it's all done, okay, great meeting, guys. Thanks a lot. And nobody's engaged in any higher level after that meeting. See, I think in a, we're not close to drawing a punctuation mark on this discussion, Alan. But if we keep, keep in mind that when we've asked people to devote part of their time to meet with other people, including us, we need to make that pretty meaningful time. Mm-hmm. We need to make it a productive time, but meaningful. Not just efficient, all right? But meaningful time. Now, they should walk out of there knowing something different, feeling something different, understanding something different than they had before they came in. Sure. All right. Right. So if you think about it in that term, and we use that model a minute ago about getting more engaged and so on and so forth, it gives you every opportunity when Tom, Dick, and Harry, whoever it was I nominated a minute ago, come back in the next meeting. They give their little summarization and say, what were your thoughts about this? Start us off. Start a discussion on this about what y'all talked about. Bring it in. Then you can applaud that. You can you know, mm-hmm. set the tone for it and say, great job, guys. That Man, that, that's right on topic. You know? mm-hmm. And everybody else chimes in right away. So there's group synergy being developed by mm-hmm. that as well. The fact is that you know, when you have that meeting time, just remember that meetings are a good social exchange time as well as information transfer time. Sure. Social exchange and information transfer. Yep. That happens all the time. I went into an organization one time a long time ago when I first started my practice, and I promised them that I could save them 35% of their time in meetings mm-hmm. and therefore be a more efficient organization by monitoring and doing a meetings audit and make recommendations about how to change it. I promised them that. Okay. The first CEO I talked to, he said, well, I don't think we want to do that. I said, mm-hmm. you don't want to be more efficient? You don't want to mm-hmm. save that time and money? He said, I didn't say that. 
He said, but I don't want to give up meetings. He hmm. said, meetings are very productive for people working well together. Mm-hmm. He said, I guarantee you, more dialogue goes on between team members walking from their workstation to the meeting site and back out of the meeting than ever that we have sitting in a meeting. So, so I'm not willing okay, to take away that, that social exchange time between people. Sure. <laughs> Never thought about it before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very good point. Okay, I've got my third item here to ask you about. And this is a may also seem like a very trivial thing, sure, but I think there's some value to it. You, the leader, running the meeting, are you sitting or standing? Huh. Depends on the size of the group and the topic or the things you're trying to accomplish. Okay. All right. If this is a pronounced, direct, and then have them respond type of meeting, mm-hmm. here's what you need to know. All right. Announcements and updates and do this. You stand. Okay. With your group. Why? Because it says, this is going to be brief, folks. This mm-hmm. is to the point. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what it communicates. If you sit down, it's almost like sitting down at the den with somebody. Well, let's talk. Right. Yeah. And the emphasis is, well, it's more casual. So we talk. Now, you might say, well, what if there's only three people in the meeting plus that? You know, but that, if that's your intent, let it guide your posture, if you would. Okay. okay. All right. Direct, candid, down on communication. Sure. Stand, get it over with, get it done, get out of there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Don't invite lolling around by sitting down at the table with them. Sure. If it's a discussion meeting. Right. In your idea generation, or we need to talk about such and such, sit down. Okay. Because otherwise it's lording over and you're directing. Well, I was going to say, I think there's a little bit of the visual cue of, are you there in that meeting to exert authority or are you there in that meeting to let them talk and get the ideas? And if that's the case, I agree. You sit down at their level and be be at the table with them so that you're saying your input is, their input is just as valuable as yours in this process. Yep. But, you know, if you're announcing cutbacks or announcing yeah. something a little more dramatic, yeah, I think you need to be up there standing. Or if you've and, got a large audience, you know, if you've got 40 people in the room and you need to be visible to the group, sure. stand up and move around. Uh-huh. You never just stand and stand. Well, let okay. me ask that. What is, so what's the implication if somebody chooses to sit in a large group session, mm-hmm. large team meeting, yep. uh, when it's meant to be very directional information and uh, maybe even a little more serious information, what, what's the implication the staff gets from that? Huh. Lack of lack of um, sincerity about the message. Yeah. First of all, I, I say this is important. It, it's affecting everybody, but I'm sitting down. I'm casual about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm slouched down in my chair. The second thing of, yeah. is I can't have eye contact with each of you mm-hmm. because it's easy for that person five rows back to hide but behind Susie mm-hmm. yep. and just not make eye contact. And that therefore it loses some of the meat of the message. Yeah. Okay. I think so, standing up in front of a large group, yeah, you're basically saying, I, I want to be visible. I want to make sure I can look everybody in the eye if sure. you guys are looking at me as well. Well, but there's another advantage to standing with a large group, okay. but only if you also move. If you're static, if you're a stander, mm-hmm. that's a snoozer, all right? Okay. It minimizes the effect of the messages that you're communicating. You stand, mm-hmm. and particularly if you punctuate it by having monotone voice where you read out things mm-hmm. to people or you're reading from a script from people or – Okay, uh, we've got five more minutes to do such as, you know, all of a sudden people say, please, dear God, let me get out of this thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Right. It, it becomes an endurance test for people rather than a learning session or meeting. Sure. So, so if you're going to stand in a large group, move. Mm-hmm. The reason you move is to draw the center of attention to different focal points in the room, meaning different people. Uh, it's easier for people in the back row to feel like this is a safe place because he can't call me back here because he mm-hmm. can't see me. Right, sure. But if I move around, I see him. I can call on him. I can get their input. I can look at them, and I'm talking to you at that point in time. Everybody knows to kind of come into the meeting alert and that's, ready to respond and be a part right. of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, So, yeah, you have to be mindful of your body. Mm-hmm. And what your body and your facial looks and your hand gestures and everything else say to people when you're meeting as a leader. You know. well, plus, I would think, too, with those, the hand gestures and the facial expressions, you're, you're going to be more expressive when standing than you would be sitting. Sitting automatically, half your That's body right. it closes is your kind off. of getting a little closed off. Mm-hmm. So you may be very expressive with your hands. Sure. But it's always going to be a little more limited, and it's going to be harder for everybody to see. Absolutely. Up in front, visible, you've got more space. You can be more uh, more uh, in motion. Animated, yeah. And more animated, but also everybody can see you no matter where you are in the well, world. Well, it gives much more opportunity to emphasize your message yeah. at the right ways and the right points and with the right people. Now, I will say on the sitting side, the times I like to sit in a meeting is when I am – there to help facilitate the meeting, but I'm not the one doing the talking 
all the time. I'm yep. not the one calling the shots on the meeting. I may yep. be saying, well, we're going to turn it over to this person to give us a report here. Then we're going to let this person give us a report. Smaller group sessions like that, where we can all sit around the table, look at each other yep. in the eye. And I'm not the one that needs to be the center of attention. Yep. I'm fine sitting and being yep. within the group on that. I would venture to say in most modern organizations, a leader's role is much, in meetings is much more so as a facilitator than as a director of that meeting. All right. So and facilitator is good for sitting in many, in some of those smaller group sessions. Well, last night at the focus group, I stood. Sure. But there were only seven people in the room. Mm -hmm. Very small group. It's a rainy night, you know, end of a holiday and all sorts of stuff. So we expected 40-some. Seven showed up. But it's still, obviously, a dynamic session. (laughs) I'm sure sure it was. But but I stood up. Why? Because as a facilitator, it's never about you anyway. Right. It's about discussion and contribution. Well, I think from a facilitator standpoint, you've got more flexibility to go and point to people, call on people. Sure. Say, I see you've got That's something right. there. I think the sitting is more of a other people already know what their role in the meeting is and they're already planning on talking sure. and giving sure. reports and updates. That's right. You don't want to call any attention away from them. You'd like for them to be the ones that people pay attention to. Yep. You sit, minimize your role a little bit. You just be the one that keeps the meeting going on, on the right pace. Announcing type of meeting, structured static meetings is about me yeah. and the message. Okay. Dialogue, idea generation sessions, problem solving sessions, discussion meetings is all about you. So my job shifts from directing communications and being the communicator to facilitating that message. All right. Now, people make a big mistake with it. And you did a minute ago when you talk about facilitating a meeting. Mm -hmm. Right. You're not really facilitating a meeting. Facilitation means making something easier. Okay. All right. And you're not making a meeting easier. You know, hmm, that's a little weird. Mm -hmm. What you are facilitating is dialogue. Okay. You're making dialogue easier for right. people. Making them dialogue so flows easier. easier. That's right. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, we're going to take a really quick break. Okay. When we come back, I've got two or three more items to fire off, and we'll see where we go from there. But again, we're talking about leading well when people meet here on Leadership GPS. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't wait another minute to start living the carefree retirement lifestyle you've always imagined. Come tour the Pinecrest Independent Senior Living Community in Hickory, North Carolina and discover all we have to offer. From live-in managers to daily social activities and events to amazing chef-prepared meals, Pinecrest is unique. We'd love to show you more. Contact us at 828-325-4795. Retirement is about new beginnings, and the time to begin is now. Hello and welcome back to Leadership GPS. This is Alan Jackson along with Tony Jackson with the Jackson Group and with Drive Leadership as we're talking about leading well when people meet. So you've gotten a group together, you're a department leader, manager, you're, you're, you're holding a department staff meeting or you're setting up a process for that. What are some do's and don'ts, things you need to keep in mind with that? You heard just a moment ago from our sponsor, Pinecrest Independent Living Community. Again, special thanks to them for helping sponsor this episode. Great organization. Yeah. So, Dad, we've already gone through talking about timing of the meeting, talking about the agenda, whether you promote that in advance or not, then the whole standing and sitting and how we manage handle that. Let's talk a little on the more technical side of things some people really really love their powerpoints Mm -hmm. some people really love using slides Mm -hmm. some people can't stand them yep where when is it a good tool does it depend on the situation are there some situations where you definitely want to use it others where you definitely don't want to use it where do you stand on all this? Yes, 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 and yes. Okay, good. Question. Right. <laughs> Moving on to the next one. Then. <laughs> so, hope everybody got that okay. So, remember the key about PowerPoint, about slides. You remember slides? We used to have transparency. Those, those little uh, yeah. clear sheet yeah, things right. that, uh, yeah, I, I remember those. Or stone tablets, things like that. That's you know, right. Anything yeah. that's written and held up in front of people in any way, electronically or not, is a technique for managing attention. Okay. If you're good at managing attention as a person, you mm-hmm. know, your style helps mm-hmm. manage attention by tone of voice and by emphasis and eye contact and how we portray the message and all that. You may not have to use that. Okay. The more information there is to communicate to people mm-hmm. probably needs to be supported by something that they can get their eyes on and even right. hands on. I'm, I won't say I'm in favor or disfavor PowerPoint. I, I happen to be okay with PowerPoint. Sure. But you, sometimes people overuse it. Yes. When you, we end up having a PowerPoint that says everything you're intended to say to people. So <laughs> all you do is read favorite. that to them. You read that to people. Forget it. Now do it. Use uh-huh. bullet points and nothing else. Yes. Right? Give them the boom, boom, boom. And then you elaborate and talk with people. You know, I've been through so many training sessions I go to. 
And it's just, you know, just give me the slides afterwards. Yep. I don't, you just saved me an hour not having to listen to you talk That's because right. every single word you said is That's right, right on that slide. That's exactly yeah. right. It's, it's, it's frustrating. It should be a prompter. It should be kind of a, a bullet point reminder. It should be a teaser. Yep. Okay. Put up teasing words or put up something that's a question mark beside it and, and say, well, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the focus on a meeting is always about dialogue. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, I mean, I, I think there's a, a lot of pressure on people out there to say, oh, you know, you don't have slides. You're not going to show a presentation. Sure. Yeah. How are you going to do that? And mm-hmm. I think you're exactly right. There's so many times where if you are a good enough speaker, you're dynamic enough and you've got some good things to share, uh, you know, don't don't sweat the PowerPoint thing. If you can keep their attention and keep the keep things moving and show the right level of enthusiasm yep. and remember all the details to share, if there are details to share, yep. I, I say go without it. I'm, I'm really trying to minimize it in my own life. When I use a PowerPoint presentation, it's to call out certain key phrases, keywords, yep. or if I have to show data and numbers and specifics. Something that has to draw their attention. That's right. right. Something yep. where, you know, I don't want them just to hear me say, you got a score of a 79.6, and that went up 2.3% from last year compared to our database yep. of 74.2. That's perfect for, for PowerPoint. You're calling attention to numbers and figures and specifics. I like people using PowerPoint as an outliner mm-hmm. and as a prompter for discussion. Yeah. I love to use when I'm doing public presentations to conferences and things like that, three or four slides, four mm-hmm. slides, five slides. One might say the topic for the, what we're going to talk about. The next one might show four p- bullet points, Yep, kind of the key things we want to talk about. And that's where I'm going to leave it mm-hmm. on the screen as we talk. Sure. Right. right. But it keeps me reminded. That's my outline. That's okay. I haven't done that yet. Absolutely. I got to get that's back good. there. And I might, the next one might be a quote. Mm-hmm. This is a humorous quote or a funny quote or, you know, that's the same thing, a humorous quote or meaningful quote or something that summarizes that point that we've been working on right fine then i go back to those four points then another quote now the thing about to remember if you're having to when you do powerpoints in a meeting and you also have to make a copy of it to give people to take out with them hard copy or send them afterwards in an email you're probably being redundant Mm -hmm. okay so your handout to them or sending them a summary at the end of an email should be more detailed more nuts and bolts elaboration but not just replication of the powerpoint unless it has enough teachable information in there okay okay got it what i do with the quotes and those types i don't make copies of that for anybody sure, no you know they're not going to go out and say guess what quote i learned in that workshop well and if they if the quote means that much to them they're going to write it down or they're yeah, going to do something sure. with it on their own notes sure. they don't need to have a print out of that i yeah. i agree with I'm, I'm a believer that if the powerpoint conveys some specific level of information that's important to have in a printed form you provide it to them afterwards yep. if it's just those topic outline areas or key phrases or key quotes no they don't need to have a copy of that unless unless you've added more detail to it afterwards yep. so yeah i'm with you on that well and that kind of brings up a point i wanted to make too i don't think a true leader's job at leading during a meeting is completed until they're back at their desks writing each person that attended that meeting either a group email or single email summary email and a thank you email we do it with customers you know when, when we're talking to customers or potential mm-hmm. customers we meet with them send them an email right back quick thanks for the time today this was really interesting i'm glad we talked about this this and this we'll have your proposal sure. by next week yeah okay why not do the same with staff Mm-hmm. Why? Because it extends the learning that's taking place, should be taking place in a meeting, summarizes it, puts in an, another learning vehicle for them, the written mm-hmm. word mm-hmm. versus the audio word. And the other thing, it shows appreciation for their participation. Sure. Or, you know, it's not an opportunity to chastise people that happen to be mute during that meeting and say, sure, it would have been nice if y'all had talked, but here's a summary of what I wanted you to hear. You know, don't so do that's that. not good. No, don't it's not that. good. Okay, all right. Got so it. it's one of those don'ts that you don't do. Um, but if you start off and say, hey, really thanks for the meeting. This was a good meeting. Mm-hmm. I think it was good because we really accomplished and got information out about these three things. And here's a summary of those things. Thanks again. Look forward to our next meeting together. Now I can hear through the uh, through the airwaves here, I can hear all of our listeners saying, oh, my gosh, that's just even more work to do yes, after a meeting's is. done. Yep. And you're right. It is more work. But I think the message is here is that if you put that extra five minutes or whatever it takes to write that follow-up email, you could be saving yourself and having to repeat some of this information sure. again, uh, save time in a future meeting because people come in a little better prepared, a little better educated. Uh, the time saving in the long haul, I think, is there. And I think the benefit's there. It just means putting in a little extra time you know, after these meetings are done. Well, think about it. it. It not only saves you time, but it also simply gives you a chance to re-communicate the same thing to people. We know that saying something once is not truly communication sure. with people. Right. All right. Just because we said it doesn't mean people heard it. Mm-hmm. Just because we said it doesn't mean they heard it correctly. All right. 
with all the clutter in people's minds these days, we need to help focus them on the message we're sending. And sometimes it means repetition. Mm-hmm. So a follow-up email, summarizing things, gives us control of that vehicle. We can do it in our time frames, you know, but it also reinforces the message we're trying to send. Plus, it closes the loop on those people who couldn't attend the meetings. Sure. You know? That's Sorry, good. some of you couldn't be here. Hope, hope this summarizes for you. Please ask questions if you got any questions about it. And it gives you a little bit of ammo, quite honestly, when mm-hmm. later on down the road somebody said, when did we talk about that? I don't remember that. Well, that was discussed at such and such meeting and then a follow-up email. And I sent the notes that. out to everybody Absolutely. about that. Yeah. Good. Well, okay. So slides, no slides. It depends on the situation. Though definitely, whatever it is, there are opportunities for follow-up of sharing that same information that may have been presented on the screen or handed out or whatever it may be. Okay, we talked about this a little bit already, but the idea of allowing dialogue, questions, interruptions during a meeting. Uh, Let's say there again, you're in front of your group, you've got your agenda. I know there's the four topics I need to cover. We got an hour to do it. I'm going to start plowing through them and start covering these topics. Do you constantly allow the employees to give feedback, interruptions, questions, ideas? Do you try to hold those to the end? Do you do a blend of that? What makes sense in what situations? Trying to get that employee dialogue going within a meeting. Yes, 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 and it depends. Wow. Okay. We're just knocking well, this up. You're being very efficient with our meeting time today, so that's good. <laughs> right. Well, here, here's, what, here's what we do. All right. Again, let the, let the intent of the meeting guide that type of answer mm-hmm. okay, about participation during or at the end of the meeting. Okay. Remember that meetings are best – when they involve dialogue, two-way exchange. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're never sure that's happening if people are forced to wait to the end of a one-hour meeting, to the last five minutes of a meeting, mm-hmm. to ask questions, clarify things, or contribute new stuff. So when, the, so when the person running the meeting starts looking at their watch and say, well, we got a couple more minutes. If you might about finish here, anybody yeah. have any comments, you know, anything yeah. come up, anybody, you know, we got, that's we're not really going to encourage them to want to speak that's up exactly at that point. Right. Right. The other thing is, is if we're trying to get input from people, Invite it throughout the meeting. And in okay. fact, prompt it. Call on people. Say, Alan, let me ask you this question. Or Alan, in a few minutes, I'm going to be asking you about such and such. Be prepared. Mm-hmm. I'm coming right to you about this. Okay. All right. You know, and, P- and Alan's sweating bullets, thinking about <laughs> how am I going to answer that? How am I going to? And that's fine. That's At least you got, I'm going to alert, do. you got him that's alert right. and paying attention. And you know what? And when a person says something, no matter what it is and how screwball it might be or how off, far off base it might be, we always find something to compliment about it and to find value in the, in the comment. Hmm. Okay, we can go to extremes, but this is where a good leader stands out. You ask a group a question. Well, first of all, you never do that, Alan. I don't know if I made that clear. Never, never ask, ask the whole group. group you ask question. an individual question. You ask a good man. You've I've learned, learned that. these years. Have, you ask absolutely. an individual. Yes. And you start by calling the person's name. Why do you do that, Alan? So, Joe, well, it's there again, it's, it's keeping them engaged. It's feeling like you know they're going to give you a, them a voice. Because if you just open it up to the whole group, you're probably going to have the same one or two people constantly. Well, why do you call their name first before you ask a question? Um, to make them stay awake? <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, good. Okay. Never good. embarrass them. All right. All right. How many times? I mean, we've all seen people who can be looking intently at you as you talk <laughs> in a meeting and even nodding you their heads tell. once in a while like this. Yeah. And then you call on them with a question and say, what do you think about that, Tony? And they uh, what? You know, kind of like come back to earth during yeah. that. Okay. And then it's embarrassing. Then they say, yeah. well, I didn't hear the question. Well, if you've been paying attention, sure. you know, you would have heard the question. Yeah. That's embarrassing. So do honor by people and call their name first. Alan, mm-hmm. let me ask you a question. You got Alan's attention by then. And then you ask an easy to answer lob type question that mm-hmm. he can't go wrong with. But you've got them engaged in the meeting. That's they're right. now involved. That's they're, right. they're alert. They're staying alert. And there's a little bit of that, that feeling, too, that everybody says, well, he may call on me at any moment. That's so right. I'm going to go and make sure I'm paying That's attention. Right. Stuff, it's a dude. little bit of the unknown. Factor, All right. Fair factor. So, and again, remember mm. what I said. Anything that's said, you compliment it, even if it's weird. Okay. You toss out a question to Alan. Say, Alan, let me ask you a question. And this, anything you say is going to be fine, honestly. This mm. is a tough question. If you had to pick out one thing that could be done in this department to make it a, in a better place to work in, what would it be? And Alan says, you know, I think we ought to change directors of this department, managers of the department, you. <laughs> I mean, that, to me, you ask me to be honest, okay, I'm honest, I think you ought to go. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you find something of value in that? Well, you can say something like, Alan, of course, that's tough to hear. Thank you so much for your candor, mm-hmm. though, because I'm sure there's other people in the room that probably feel the same thing. Well, let's find out, George, and you turn in another direction because you don't want to hear any more from Alan at that point. Sure, you right. know, he's already yeah. on your bad side. So you go to George and say, George, what one thing would you like to see change this okay. part? Of it? All right. 
So you've acknowledged it. You've acknowledged You haven't criticized it. You haven't criticized it. You've acknowledged that that person came up with a comment that was maybe a little insulting to you or maybe, or, or, you know, somebody says, well, I think our entire department, we ought to secede from the hospital and go (laughs) operate in a whole separate building. And that's right. You know, you still find something to say. We'll say, okay, so you're saying in a way we need to have maybe a little more independence within our department or find some ways to operate separately. Mm -hmm. Find that positive, find something of a thread. But then if it is where that person is going on a negative rant, yep. You divert the attention and get somebody else involved Absolutely. immediately after. You divert. Anyway, yeah. negativism, weird contributions. I've seen this happen where one guy has verbal diarrhea. Yeah. You know, and he just he just elongates things and, you know, talks and he, he just doesn't stop. And he keeps, you know, and, and he yeah. punctuates everything with it, you know, and and uh, and, uh, and keep it. How do you stop verbal diarrhea? You know, you hold out your hand visibly and say, good thought. Hold that yeah. thought. Right. Even though he said that, what thought? And I was just talking. And you divert to somebody else. Playing devil's advocate on this again. Okay. Going back to the whole okay. idea of you've got your agenda. I'm a very organized leader. I know we've got 60 minutes to do this. This topic, you know what, is is important, but the other two topics that followed are even more important. And I've just asked the group, okay, well, who's asked some questions? John, you got any thoughts on this? Becky, you got anything to say mm-hmm. on this? And all of a sudden, the dialogue just keeps going and going and right. going. Everybody in there has now got an idea and a topic, and they just want to keep going and going with it. I know we talked about earlier about the whole, well, we're going to table these Defer other it. two yeah. things. Yeah. But let's say this you is topic to number one. Them. Topic number two and three are really important. You've you got to, to get to them. Yep. What do you do to okay. cut that off to make people still, you know, to keep that dialogue under control where it's still manageable time-wise? You never cut off. You segue. Okay. Right. A segue, suppose that you got all these great things being said, exactly the contributions you want, a bit of getting a little long in the tooth, yeah. okay? And you're mindful of the clock. You're mm-hmm. mindful of your commitment to them to stay within an hour, which is a great dialogue. Sure. But you know you also got to cover the other two. So what you say is, folks, you know, I'm hearing what you're saying, and then we're taking some visible listening notes, which I'll cover in just a few minutes, mm-hmm. up here on the board. And this is great discussion. What I've heard you say so far is about point number one is this, this, and this. Are we on track mm-hmm. with that? Did I mm-hmm. hear you correctly? Okay, good. Because there's two other things that we need to really talk about in the time we have remaining. Okay. And I'm going to do justice to those. So let me introduce one of them by saying such and such. All right. And you smoothly go into it. Never cut off say, okay, okay, that's enough. That's enough of that. Okay, all right, we got that covered. Number two is, yeah, oh, geez, sure. you know. That's let them know that. that this is important and I almost think that the mentality you want to you want to convey is that you know what guys if we had all the time in the world I'd love actually yes. I would love nothing more than sit here and keep yep. brainstorming these yep. ideas. Yep. Unfortunately, we've got these other things we've got to cover. So let's try to summarize, make mm-hmm. sure we're all okay with what, we're, what we've come up with. Mm-hmm. And now let's go tackle the other ones. But I always leave it open and say, is this something we need to bring up in another meeting as well? That's okay. what we talked about today. Yep. You know, let them know that if there's more to come, we'll have an opportunity to do that. Good. I like that. Okay. All right. The last item I've got, maybe mm. the little more of the controversial one and a little oh. more timely in the last couple of years. Mobile devices, oh, phones, tablets, iPads during a meeting. Let's say there again, you're leading your first department team meeting. You come in and half the people around the room have their iPads up and they keep tapping and fiddling and, t- and touching. What's your take on that? I mean, is that something where we need to have more control over that? Is that something where we don't want to limit their ability to do what they want to do during the meeting, but yet we don't also know how they're spending their time on that? It's it's a tricky thing. So I get a lot of questions about it from people. Right. Should I outlaw phones and iPads out of meetings or not? I hate the word outlaw. Okay. I hate the word banning. All right. All right. I think dissuading, discouraging, or setting a culture that says this is how we communicate in our midst, in our meetings. All right. And it doesn't include communicating with everybody outside the meeting room by okay. texting. You don't have to say, all right, put your you know, phones on hold, you know, no texting today, folks, and so on and so forth. And yet you've got somebody using an iPad to legitimately take notes yeah. sure. during the meeting, Yep. which might be, okay, well, gee, that's just like somebody taking notes. Mm-hmm. So where, where do you draw the line? Or somebody else has said, well, cut me off from using my BlackBerry over here, but they get to write their notes or whatever over there. That's the tricky part. So I think what you do is simply say, folks, the purpose of this meeting is for dialogue amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm asking that you don't engage in dialogue with anybody outside of here electronically. Okay. You so know? you're putting that parameter on it. Absolutely. If you're using the device to communicate outside of this meeting sure. and to divert attention from you. And that includes we want checking you emails. Yeah. That we includes want you checking emails or texting. Yep. Those two are very offensive because it means if you're, there's no such thing as multitasking. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know that until Marilyn Monsant said that in the paper one time. I believe her. She's a you know brainy person. Okay. There's no such thing truly as multitasking. Right. Well, that's true. 
And the fact is that if a person's texting, they're not listening and contributing in the meeting. Just because it's happening at the same time doesn't mean you're multitasking. That's exactly right. Right. That's exactly right. And the fact is they're not doing justice to either. Sure. Okay? If I devote my attention to my texting to get it right and be responsive, I'm not hearing what the, the leader of this meeting is saying. Now, the challenge where that gets a little fuzzy is, you know, I'm a, I, I bring my iPad to my meeting and I like to take notes on there because I'm trying to get away from using paper and pen. Sure. Because I normally can't write my own handwriting. I sit there and type. Yep. Typing, unfortunately, on a device like this is not always the easiest in the world. So sometimes I find myself having to go back and fix typos and changing things, which means every time I'm doing that, I'm not hearing what the person's saying. That's exactly right. It's because a, that's a, a concentration of your uh, yeah. time and attention there. Yeah. But at the that's same time, I've, I've tried to encourage you to use a pen. You know, like I have right, right in front well, of me right I'm now. Trying. I look at that. See? It's I a know, stylus I look pen. At it. it's Soft nice. tip stylus pen on I'm your iPad. Trying. That and works. I will get there soon. That's like a pencil being taken notes in a, in a meeting. What I found in my challenge is I spend more time during the meeting getting my notes right. Which, granted, after the meeting, that helps tremendously. My notes are nice and organized, and I can act on them. However, I don't feel like I'm getting the 100% attention during the meeting that I need to be paying because I'm trying to work on typing and getting my stuff together. So right. it's, it's a challenge. I know you say this was a tough one to bring up, and it's yeah, all challenging, it and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the direct feedback on it. Sure. In your meetings that you hold, when you are typing on your iPad, when you're the leader of the meeting, is distracting to other people. Okay. And it sends a wrong message like, I'm not really listening to you. I'm recording whatever. Or I wonder what he's typing there. He's saying that, that I said that, you know, that type of thing. But, but I mean, couldn't you argue the same thing if somebody's taking notes sure, on a notepad? Sure, same sure. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. That could be done. What are they writing? But, are they writing good things, bad things? Whatever. But I guarantee you that sitting up there writing kind of in vision of people, you know, writing a few notes, stopping, still looking at the person, jotting a word rather than typing text in full sentences, mm-hmm. correctly edited. You know, that's a much more time-consuming attention-gathering practice. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. What it sends the message to the group is, I'm distracted from you while you're talking. I'm doing mm-hmm. something else. So therefore, what you're talking about is not nearly as important as you think it is. So in other words, tablets or iPads, as long as people are writing on them, you're saying is okay. I know that sounds bland, but yeah. But if they're typing with a keypad or a keyboard or whatever, that's distracting. I think... The typing, only because it smacks of having to devote more attention to creating a message, perfecting a message, or doing texting with people or checking emails. Writing with a stylus on a piece of paper, I mean a pencil on a piece of paper, or a stylus on an iPad is very closely the same. It's, it's, keeping, it's, a, it's seen as a very focused task Yeah, yeah. from people as well. Seen. Yeah. Okay. Fair right. enough. I know there's some people out there that that have tried or talked about the idea of saying, don't bring your cell phones in, don't even pull them out of your yeah, bags. Yeah. I, I, don't go there. I, I, I do think that's a little restrictive in a workplace. You know, there are situations where with some, you know, we have kids, we sure. have other things. If somebody's trying to text messages, let us know our kid just got ran to the hospital. I kind of want to be able to see that and have that. I'm yep. sure any employee feels the same way. Or in our business, there's a customer rights right there. Absolutely. To be tended to. But, there again, to even know if a customer is writing and all that, we got to be checking our email, which means we might get distracted with other things. So I think it's, it's just setting the ground, the, the ground rules for everybody. Say, listen, we know these devices are important for communication, but I like what you, how you phrased it earlier. We want you to limit any communications outside of this room yep. unless it's an emergency situation right. that you get notified about. Right. No. Here's one of the techniques I just thought about this. How about every, if it's an hour meeting, every 20 minutes or so, say, folks, check your emails real quick. Oh. Let's Two minutes. Just give them the time. Don't do respond. It. Just check your emails. If there's anything you have to take care of right now, step outside. Step the room out of the room it. and take care of it. That's right. And otherwise, come back in and rejoin us. Otherwise, shut it back off or put it in your notes, right. notes mode and let's keep going. That's a great way to limit that it really and good. limit That's it, nice. but give them the same access that they're craving. Letting them know they're not going to have to go for an hour and a half without checking That's email right. if they're expecting something. But it's well, not going to be a yeah. You know, every every thirty seconds they want to pull it out and check it out. Well, and, and some people go through withdrawal. You know, if they have to go an hour without checking it, so don't let them do that. And honestly, if if they're expecting an email from a client or whatever, you know, any time now, they need that opportunity to check. Sure. But control it. Yep. Okay. Very good. Well, those are my items I had on my list. Dad, are there some things you feel like I uh, left off, some things that are just really critical kind of operational do's and don'ts? For a staff meeting or team meeting environment. Well, I don't know. Let me check first with uh, with our engineer here. <laughs> yes, Jay. How long have we been going here? Hour? Not quite an hour, he said. Okay. Well, I guess this is our own 
hour meeting. Huh? Well, this is our 60 minute podcast. So, oh, is know, it? I'm not to rush you up, but you know, you got about <laughs> a minute and a half. You know, no, no, we don't. Let me look at my notes. I got a page of notes here. <laughs> I don't have a time limit on this. So, a couple of notes. Um, most of them you've already talked about. Okay. I like visible listening when you're working mm-hmm. with a group. Visible mm-hmm. listening means using a flip chart or whiteboard or something in front of people that writes down contributions made because it says to people, I heard you. Did I hear it correctly? Because they can read it. And you know what? Because I've written, I've got to do something with it. Sure. All right. Rather than simply saying, oh, good idea, Alan. Okay, anybody else? And yeah. Alan's like, uh, did that mean anything at all? It is a you good know? visual cue. And I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there running meetings that may put these things up on the board and not do anything with it. Yep. But I think the message you're sending better than anything else is, I st- I put it up on the board. I want to make sure everybody else in the room saw it. Yep. And if even if all of us walk out of this room with that bullet point still fresh in our brain because we visibly saw it, right. we're going to pay it more attention. So. Well, that's why in some groups, like focus groups and so on, you have a recorder. Yeah. You know. And last night, for example, that focus group I did again, at the end of the session, I asked Peter, the recorder, the vice president's organization, said, Peter, how about summarize for us the five main things we talked about and contributed in this session tonight? And he went through it, and then we checked out with that. Is that what – did we hear you correctly? Mm-hmm. Was this good or not? You know, sure. And they got to reinforce it. And one guy said, yeah, but you forgot about such and such. He said, that's right. Okay. Good. Put it back down. What Perfect. a great message to send to people like we heard you. And it's important what you said. And we recorded it. Well, I think recording on probably, you know, probably not a weekly staff meeting type of situation as far as actual recording, yep. uh, you know, writing down every single word necessarily, yep. but making sure you got those key points. If you've got a really critical brainstorming session or, just a really, really key meeting. I think even audio recording it, just so you have an audio recording case sure. you can play back and listen, sure. is perfectly fine to do. That would work as uh, well. Just I would recommend not going too overboard with the documentation of every single word right. if it's more of a routine weekly huddle type of thing. Sure. Also. Well, that kind of goes along with that. You know, As a leader in a meeting setting, you never want to do anything that's distractive to everybody else in the meeting on personal mm. behaviors, You know, whether it's Flipping a pen or imagine marking the air. <laughs> Sound familiar, Alan? Yeah, a little bit. It yeah. distracts attention, waiting for that thing to drop, you know, and that type of thing. <laughs> uh, what it basically says is that I'm impatient. Get on with it. You know, let's get this over with. Let's mm-hmm. get on to something else. I don't have time for this. The other thing, too, is as, as people, you were asking about the typing on your iPad a minute ago as you're doing right now. One of the things that you could blend together the two mm-hmm. is when people, rather than writing on flip chart, the visible listening, you say to somebody, I said, oh, wait. That's a great idea. Let me type that in real quick. I, I want to make sure we don't lose that. And then you go back to your iPad at the end of the meeting and summarize it to people verbally. Mm-hmm. All it's doing is replacing a flip chart okay. you know, with what's something right. that's comfortable for you to use. Got it. But it also kind of gives permission to do that during the meeting. Mm-hmm. So never do anything personally distractive to people in a mm-hmm. meeting. Nothing, nothing drives me crazier than somebody constantly checking their watch. Oh, sure. You know, during the meeting. It makes me want to say, even if it's a participant, and I'm leading the meeting, so I'll, I'll turn to that person and say, I'll be finished in just a minute. You know, mm-hmm. I know you're concerned about time, but, and they don't even realize they're doing it sometimes. But if the message is sent to anybody else, like, I've lost interest in this thing. Right. Okay. Um, remember that, that some of the best meeting structures are those that change frequently. Oh, okay. Now, switch gears every now and then. If your people have gotten used to the fact that our meetings are always an hour, they're always a sit-down meeting. Mm-hmm. Our culture says that people drag into meetings late, but they're right. never brought up to speed with what we've been talking about, that some people don't have to attend, and that what we come in here for is to listen to Alan drone on about whatever we need to hear that, that day, mm-hmm. and then we're out of here. Well, break it up. Sure. Now, in advance of the meeting, a couple of days, in, I know this is one more thing to do, but write everything that you want to communicate to them mm-hmm. in bullet point form, send it to everybody, and say, this is what I want you to know coming into the meeting. And then... Instead of rehashing everything, going all through that with them, like the topics and all that, mm-hmm. make them detail. Then someone says, I hope you read what I sent to you. It's a certainly intent that you would, and that's a way of communicating. So are there any questions about what I sent you? Mm-hmm. You can deal with it by exception. Then you say, okay, we got those cleared up. Good. You know, keep handling it for that because that's what we're going to talk about. Now, let's talk about our problem to solve for the day. Sure. And you get them in go- involved in a discussion, the problem mm-hmm. solving. Breaking it into small groups. Change the format of how you conduct a meeting. Have somebody else conduct and facilitate the meeting. Hmm. Or it might be the fact that instead of an hour meeting, you surprise them and say, guess what? This has been a great meeting, and we're going to stop where we're ahead. This meeting's over. So kind of just keeping people on their toes a little bit, right. keeping them alert, keeping them not getting so settled into a certain format and regi- right. regiment with this. That's exactly It's right. good. As people don't come into it dragging and just already having this uh, sense of dread of what it's going to be because it's been the same way every single week for yep. you know five years now. Yep. So, right. I think you always ought to try to personalize your dialogue with people in the meetings. As we said mm-hmm. before, when you're asking questions, call the person using their first, direct it to the person. Always, do, always direct questions to a person. It's much easier to get a response from an Alan 
by yep. calling Alan and asking him a question that cannot be answered with yes or no than to look at the whole group of 30 people and say, what do y'all think about our department yeah. this week? Do you, yeah, do you and think the silence. department's going okay? Do you get silent? Yeah, Everything yeah, going right. okay? Yep. Oh, oh, okay, good. Next topic, you know. Right, And sure. on you go. Yeah, it's tough. So. It's tough. Anything else you want to cover? Are you, I think we covered a good bit there. So you know, there anything- Alan, I am just so full of ideas that it would take you know, five hours to go through. But well, you know what? I'd I, I say we keep people hanging, okay? Well, I'll tell you what, Tony. Those are some <laughs> great ideas. I would love nothing more than to keep talking about those ideas for the next hour or so. But you know what? We've got we've to move on and do a few things here at the end. I'll tell you what we're going to do, though. We're going to make sure next meeting, next recording we have, we're going to try to pick back up on some of these. We're going to see where we go from that. I feel real good about that, Alan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm being an effective leader. So, <laughs> but it does work, doesn't it? it I does. mean, you know, really, because yeah, I don't feel shunned at all. No, I feel no, like these are, you're this is a great that. conversation. <laughs> we just, uh, you know, we just, fortunately, we got to keep moving on a little bit. That's a couple right. more things we got to right. do here. That's so, right. uh, this has been talking all about leading well when people meet. Uh, we're just trying to talk more about the mechanics, the, 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 the real do's and don'ts, the operational things when running a meeting, because we all know those meetings are extremely important. People find them useful for the effective communications in an organization. And we realize not every leader out there is the best presenter or the best talker in front of a group. So yeah. some of these things may take a little adjustment. Some of these things may not be the perfect fit for you. And uh, hopefully we gave you enough options to look at in all those situations that you can make a style or fit that works best for you. Yeah. But you do need to keep in mind how others are going to get the information that you convey in those meetings, how it's portrayed, how you look when you're doing it, yep. how the information comes across. And really, the biggest thing I heard that I, think, I hope people talk, take away from this is closing that loop afterwards. Just There's a lot that can be done after a meeting. Just because the meeting's done, you hit that hour mark, doesn't mean you walk out the door and just forget about everything that happened the last hour. Yep. Keep it in front of people. Let them think about it. Let them follow up on it. And I think some of those post-meeting communications are extremely important. Yeah. So. Well, you know, as we conclude, I'd like to say a thank you to a special person, if you okay. don't mind. And the sure. person I mentioned before, and that's Major Scott oh, Coffee. Yes, that's right. He's in our military army, right. to be exact. And he served several tours overseas. Yes. Uh, he is a, a major, which is to his credit. And he has taught some leadership sessions in mm-hmm. Washington lately yes. and, and other types of training he's been through. Right. And he advocates listening to our own mesh. Uh, the leadership GPS with his folks. Exactly. So, Scott, I know you'll listen to this. Thank you so much. We're proud of you. Uh, this is the day after Veterans Day. Sure. And yeah, we appreciate everything there, that you right. and your, your troops have done. And uh, come home soon. Well, just a special thanks to all the veterans out there and to Scott, a future veteran. We want to thank yes. you already for the work you're doing right now as well. So thanks to everybody out there. Thanks also to our sponsor, Pinecrest Independent Living Community. Look them up online. Find out more about this great facility. Uh, I'm sure you give them a call, set up a time to go visit if you have any interest or in the area. They'd love to show you around. Again, live the life you deserve at Pinecrest. TheMesh.tv, go listen to all the other shows we have to listen to. Uh, if you've got a long weekend and you got some time to kill, you can go all the way back to the beginning of Leadership GPS episode number one. Yes. Cue them up. Just set up a whole playlist and listen to all the episodes back to back. I guarantee you that is a that is an exciting weekend. It's right a there, leadership ready. training course. It, it is. really is. Perfect. And, you know, each one gets progressively better, don't you think? I, mean, I, I think – we're not we even get, at our peak yet. I think we're getting more and more into our groove every single time we go along. <laughs> so that's good. But we do encourage you to go back, listen to some of the topics we've talked about. There's been a lot about communication yep. in our show because we do realize, I think we could both agree, communication is the number one thing Absolutely. a good leader has to do. Absolutely. Uh, and there's so many other episodes where we've talked about different aspects of communication. So feel free to go listen to those. We have other business-related shows. Uh, Stepping Up Service has to do with the world of customer service and delivering excellent service to your customers or clients. Uh, We've got CapsCast, which is a little more on the healthcare side, may not be applicable to everybody out there. But those of you in the healthcare arena dealing with the uh, patient experience survey known as CAPS, mandated by uh, CMS and the government, we have a show dealing with that every month as well. Mm. So a lot of things, and then there's some other shows that are not business-related at all, just a lot of fun to listen to. So check it out at themesh.tv. You can drop us an email with any questions, suggestions you may have at info at themesh.tv. Yes. No, go ahead. Go ahead and finish up. I was oh. just raising my hand over here so everybody knows. Oh, good, good. Okay. Tony's raising his hand. We'll get to him in just a moment. And uh, again, on the website, themesh.tv, there is a contact us form you can fill out and get a hold of us if you have any thoughts, ideas, suggestions, anything at all about this show or any other shows we have. You mentioned patient surveys a minute ago, yes. and I'm thinking that one of the upcoming topics that you and I ought to talk about is how to use survey data of employees in an effective way Ooh. and other ways other than doing surveys that get at the same stuff. 
Great. Good. I like a message to people. So right. providing the kind of using the feedback you gain from a survey process or some sort of dialogue process well, and using it effectively. Surveying, how to use the information effectively, uh, how to not to over-survey people. Sure how to get the same information other ways like focus groups and things like that or one-to-one dialogue or other creative electronic uh, input sources like we have developed at the Jackson Group uh, called Employee Voice and uh, really exciting stuff. I think we ought to talk about just those vehicles because doing surveys is very much a part of the leadership culture. Tony, that is an absolutely great idea. If you are can you just typing, let me pause, you my you let me pause for a second, <laughs> I'm going to make sure I get this down. I'm oh, going to type geez. this on my iPad right now. Okay. Thank you okay. so much. I, I know you're great not idea. distracted now. I know you're no, not distracted. So I'm going to stop and type. Okay, go ahead and, All right, and I'm type. Ty- okay, go ahead and type the thing. <laughs> I'm typing the there we go. I've okay, got to type now. Down. Back to your full attention. So great. All right. Well, this has been Leadership GPS. I'm Alan Jackson. This is Tony Jackson with me, uh, both with the Jackson Group and Tony specifically also with the Drive Leadership Program. Check us out online at thejacksongroup.com or driveleadership.com. Both websites are connected together. You can find out more about what, what, what both of us do day to day. And uh, we hope to hear from you soon. And thanks for listening to us on The Mesh. We appreciate it very much. And I'm thinking, Alan, you and I ought to start signing off our, our, our Mesh podcast here with the same way I sign off my emails to the people that I uh, work with in leadership consultations okay. through Drive Leadership. Lead well, dot, 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 today. Lead well, today. Today. Got That's it. Right. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. Take care, everyone. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.